One, two, three. It is Sunday, February 18th, 2018. I'm here with Michael. My name is Anthony, and this is Time Lapse, the podcast where cars and watches are the focus, but tangents are often the reality. Let's get into it. Hey there. Hey, hello. How's it going? Not too bad, my friend. How are you? Huh? On this beautiful, warm Sunday. It is kind of warm, isn't it? It is. Hey, if you guys are seeing this uh, on YouTube, uh, on our videos, you'll notice that I'm I'm sporting a nice festive vest. Something, you know, keeps you keeps you warm in the in the chilly. We're not in the spring yet. I can't call it spring. No. No, it's, we are uh, it's, uh, it's that in-between, those in-between months. We, we're having a, a little bit of a warm spell. And I'm enjoying it. So. Well, it's supposed to last a couple of weeks. So hopefully, hopefully it lasts for the rest of the next eight months. Yeah, a lot but of nice cars showing up on the road. A lot of nice summer watch watches coming out too. That's a lie. Oh, yeah. I, I wear mean, my watches all year. The same here. But oh yeah, okay. I mean a little bit of a tangent here. But there are definitely watches, uh, at least watch straps that work better in in the summer than they do in the winter. Yeah, you're like that. I'm not like that. Natos and like some colors just work better in the summer than they do in the winter. The winter is more of like a it's a cold. It's good for bracelets and mm-hmm. and chunky and, and you know, heavy stuff. It's never a good time for bracelets. Okay, that's your opinion. Whatever. I I like bracelets, but uh, but that's besides the fact. Uh, welcome, welcome to uh, to another episode of Time Lapse. Uh, and what episode are we on now? By the way, twelve. This 12. is twelve. We've made Jeez, it. We've made it. Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks of content. Of Although between, content. I think it. I think it was between episode three and four maybe four and five we went for like four weeks without anything yeah yeah around that christmas time yeah it was a that was a difficult time what are you gonna do because we were busy but whatever anything interesting uh going on your week my week so far in the world of cars and watches uh i guess i did get a chance one of the highlights of my week i got a chance to drive the 2018 two liter accord with the six-speed manual yep it was awesome i okay actually was it awesome it was it was actually underwhelming. Okay. Now I want to preface that. So it's fantastic that Honda made this car, and other companies should definitely follow suit, making uh, cars like these. Bring manuals into models that are engineered to to be a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't suggest Toyota do it with the Camry, but but maybe there's there are uh, nameplates out there that could use a manual transmission in an upper trim, right? Like a higher trim. A lot of the times, if there's manuals uh, offered out there, I think Hyundai does this often. They just put in their base model, which is typical, mm-hmm. and I totally understand that, right? It's a cost-effective way of, of producing a car. But there are, at least with uh, with the with this generation of, of uh, car enthusiasts fr- coming out of YouTube and stuff like that, the manuals, are, I think people are going to like them again. They're, they're coming back. They're in vogue. Yeah, to an extent. To an extent, yes. Um, because I mean, they're better than, than the, the typical slush box transmission, which we're seeing less and less. Right. New automatics, non-dual clutch automatics have, have gone really, really, really good at what they do. And CVTs mm-hmm. are they're going to be replacing well, most I, regular automatics anyway. Everyone's going for record-breaking times. Well, that's in the sports world, but but beyond the sports world, I think just in the in the industry now, uh, the manuals are coming back as a as a as an option that that people you think enjoy. Yes, because mm-hmm. when you're when you're when you're tracing when you're chasing fuel economy, mm-hmm. you have something like a CVT, which is by far the the most fuel efficient 
transmission sure. option for an internal combustion engine. Um, and then if you want a little bit of fun uh, engineered into the car, mm-hmm. you can choose a manual. I think those are two fantastic things. Mm-hmm. Think about the 90s. It was either you had the manual transmission or a slush box automatic. So yeah. no wonder the manual was obviously the, the winner. Even if you didn't care about sport, it was just a better better piece of engineering than right. the slush box automatics. But now we're in a world there's a lot of good stuff out there. I personally think manuals are going to be coming back, hopefully, because the next generation of enthusiasts will demand them. Right. I, I would like to think. How long would that last? Again, they're in vogue, meaning that they're not. it's not going to be a forever thing. Yeah. But I agree with the you that they're maybe regaining popularity. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a lot of negative popularity as well. Whereas mm-hmm. you get a lot of these guys that say, oh, if you're a car enthusiast, you have to love manual. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of that, especially where we live. Um, but I, I can I can see the the enjoyment out of it, of yeah. course. Like um, we, were, we were driving home the other day together, and mm-hmm. I got to drive your manual transmission mm-hmm. Accord, and it was fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not as fast as my S5, but... Which, I mean, like, yeah, going, you know, there's tons of cars that I can name off that are faster than your S5, but whatever. No, uh, no, but <laughs> just saying that, like, I, I daily drive automatic cars, mm-hmm. and to drive a uh, manual transmission once in a while is fun. It's a treat, yeah. And uh, the next day, I was, I was looking on AutoTrader at manual transmission cars. Yeah. It's um, a bug you get. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but okay, beyond that, we've gone enough on, on this tangent. We're still in the, uh, in the current events section of our, of our show. So, uh, anyway, what did I think of the two liter, uh, manual transmission Accord? Keeping in mind, if you don't know uh, anything about this car, we did this, talk about it. We did. Yep. This car, uh, was specifically brought to replace my car, which is, uh, the, the big engine with the manual transmission Accord. Yeah, the V6. No more V6. So Honda, their, their fastest Accord offering. Well, we say fastest, their most sporty Accord offering. Uh, is the two-liter engine with either a nine-speed automatic, I believe, or mm-hmm. the six-speed manual transmission. Of course, the nine-speed being the most common one that we're going to see. Right. Uh, but they give you that manual option because they're trying to to demonstrate their, uh, I guess, uh, their connection to, to what people want. And that's nothing that, that relates back to what I said. But what do I think about this car? Um, interesting. My, my car, my 2015 Accord, has the naturally aspirated V6, which is uh, uh, so, so enjoyable to rev out. Um, and it has a really nice transmission and a really nice clutch. Mm-hmm. This new 2-liter uh, cord has a really weird clutch. That's the first thing you feel. It's really, really, really far travel, which I don't really like, especially because the engagement is right up at the top. Mm. So you're you basically, you're, your foot's all the way in because you're driving a new manual car you've never driven before. So you have your foot all the way down the clutch. You're letting out the clutch and then nothing, 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 nothing until right up at the top and then it goes. I thought that was strange. And Honda tends to do this with their four-cylinder cars. They put in very, very dainty and uh, clutches that have engagement right up at the top outside of a Type R or an S2000 or something like that. But mm-hmm. I didn't like that. And then the throws were okay. This this transmission is straight out of the Type R, uh, just a little, I guess, you know, we, um, not as stiff bushings and stuff like that to make it a little bit more uh floaty and relaxed so the transmission felt fine but then we get to the engine and so you're you're trying to rev it out and there's no sport mode or anything like this like there is on the automatic version of the car it's just you know you have economy mode or regular mode Mm -hmm. similar to my car but when you're driving it where my engine felt like a it just felt like a like a proper motor Mm -hmm. it was fun to rev it out you have something to look forward to with the two liter you're just you're at low RPM, there's not a lot of pull, and then the the torque sort of comes on in a surge, and there's nothing wrong with that. But 
maybe it's my uh my my thing i don't really drive a lot of turbocharged manual cars so maybe i'm not used to it yeah but it just felt really artificial and it didn't feel as engaging yeah, i got that when i used to drive the genesis yeah I don't know. I, I think that naturally aspirated and manual transmission are really, really, they, they pair well together, mm-hmm. very well together. A turbocharger's done right with the, with less lag. I think yeah. that's that's uh, a really good idea. But not to say this 2-liter Accord had a lot of lag, right. but it was just... It almost makes it unpredictable. Exactly. So that was... And when you're controlling the gears... Yeah. It, it, it does make it difficult. Yeah, because you're, you're constantly looking for those cues and you're waiting yep. for them. And when, you know, when you that that's that's part of your relationship with the vehicle. So am I I, I I'd hate to write this car off. I think it's great that Honda built it. And mm-hmm. frankly, I think anyone who buys it, it you're, you've made a good decision, especially over a, a similarly equipped Cam- Camry or Hyundai Sonata, which you can't get in manual. Transmission. You can't neither of those in manual transmission, maybe entry level Sonatas. I'm not 100 percent sure, mm-hmm. but. I think the Accord will definitely deliver. But if you're coming from a V6 Accord with a manual like I am, you might be underwhelmed at first. Who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is something you just that you grow into. I think the the, the stats that this engine puts out are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And seeing what Honda has already been able to do with tunes, make making this car more powerful than my car in torque and hor- and horsepower figures. Right. That's interesting. So I'm not gonna write it off, but my first impressions a little bit underwhelming. Not exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. Now I've I've also I've yet to drive a Type R, which is I another was just going to say. Do you think that they did that because the Type R is there? No. And no. Because they could have made it just as powerful as a Type R, but it just wouldn't. Who who would who would use it? Uh, they're not they're not the type of company. Well, they do they do it with Acura with the Accord and the TL. They'll mm-hmm. never make an Accord as good as a TL. Uh, or else they would never sell t- or sorry TLX as they're called now. They right. would never make an Accord as good as a TLX. But with the Type R, they know that the Type R is its own beast, and no one is cross shopping two liter Accords and Type Rs. Right? You okay. want a Type R, you're gonna get a Type R. You want an Accord, you're gonna get an Accord. There's no, I don't think there's a even a reason to cross shop the two. They're they're also not exactly in the same price range. Um, what is the price difference on those? Uh, probably about ten thousand dollars, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a little bit less because the Accord two liter manual fully loaded and everything, it'd probably still run you high thirties, where the Type R is running you mid forties, mm-hmm. low low to mid forties. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but that was that was one of the most exciting things that happened in my week. Wow. Yeah. Very passionate week. Well, you know how, and I'm sorry, listeners, if you don't care about Honda Accords, but you guys know that's what I like. And I mean, geez, car of the year. Oh uh, yeah, that was Ajax it. Car Aj- of the Ajax year. car of the year. Well, I mean, how could it not be? A, I, Toyota Toyota did good. They yep. they brought out a new Camry, but I don't think it had anything on. Well, the it was competing against the Mazda uh, three, the Volvo S. Was it the three mm-hmm. or the six? This is for best car. Yes. So not not exactly segment related. It was just the best, I guess, overall improvement of a vehicle. Yep. So it was competing against the Mazda three. The Volvo S, uh, I want to say S40. I don't think it was an S60, but it might have been an S60. I thought it was the S60. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. And then the Mazda SUV as well, the small SUV. Well, it was the three cars and the three SUVs. Yes. And, uh, well, th- they were all the finalists of the respective classes, and right. then the Accord ended up being the best of the best. You know, typical Honda. No, but uh, I think we can... Uh, anyone in the industry can agree Honda did it right with the new Accord. Mm-hmm. They did it right with the new Civic. They did it right with the new Accord. They did it right with the new CRV. 
they're on a, a nice little trend. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for me, it's good business. You know, it's going to keep people buying into the brand. So sure. that's that's good. Keeps Anthony employed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keeps me. Keeps also my fanboy ego. Yeah. Check. My God. Well, I, you know, you say the same thing about Audi, but whatever. N- not really. No, you're not as much of a fanboy. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think one bit. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on. From, we'll talk from about Audi in, in a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, me for this week, uh, nothing special happened. Uh, I dropped off my truck. Was that this week? That was this week. What did I drop off my truck for? Uh, they ah, gave you a rental. Yes, they gave mm-hmm. me a rental because it was um, the recall. Yeah. The recall on the latches that they fixed. And they gave me a 2018 F-150 V8 mm-hmm. for the day. 10-speed. It was very clunky. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as smooth as the EcoBoost. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just slow. a lot less refined. I don't know why anyone would get it. What, what, do you know a benefit of getting the V8 over the EcoBoost? Cheaper. Okay. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, 90% of the trucks that they have on the lot are I mean, probably more than 90% are EcoBoost anyways. I, yeah, I would and, say. And most people buy off the lot. So the I think only person I know who has a V8 of the new gen uh, F-150 is my, my uncle. Uh, and What's his reasoning? So I personally think he just got it because he got a good deal on it. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, he justifies it to my dad when they debate about the F-150 uh, hierarchy, I guess. Sure. He is, again, it's the typical thing. I hate saying it. No no replacement for displacement. Mm-hmm. I My mind can't even put the words together because of how little that makes sense in a time like now. Maybe yeah. in the 90s yeah. it made sense. Or maybe in the 80s Have it made sense. Have you driven it? No, not the V8. It's it, like there were points where I was like, okay, is this thing breaking down? Yeah. Because it, it's just not smooth. It's not comfortable. Yeah. It's, it probably it's hard had to drive. some good low-end like grunt to it. But no. No, like um, we have a mutual friend that, that mm-hmm. just got a 2018 uh, F-150 EcoBoost. Mm-hmm. It sounds much better on startup. Oh, I, I didn't mean like sound. I meant like some torque. Oh, I'm sure the low um, torque was nice. Like off the line, it was jumpy. Yeah. But the EcoBoost is smoother and I'd rather have it smoother. Yeah. Yeah. It's just now the EcoBoost is just so, so much more of a refined engine. Yeah. But you end up seeing that with a lot of, of twin turbo V6s. Mm-hmm. They they sort of they're they're making V8s unreasonable at this point. Right, right. Uh, the only I think maybe in certain sports cars and for the sound of a V8, uh, but for daily driver cars that just need to be a bit more refined. Like I think the pickup truck market could benefit from a little bit of refinement right. under the end uh, under the hood. Uh, so uh, we're gonna see a, a, a slew of of twin turbo V6s and and turbo obviously uh, forced in forced induction yep. di- diesels and stuff like that. That's Which gonna we're starting to see already. Yeah, that'll probably be the future. The V8 might might be relegated. Yeah. Other but than that, yeah, just the lame the lame day with the V8. Mm-hmm. No, that's it. That's it. Um, but I mean, for Toronto, it was a pretty car car oriented week. Mm-hmm. Um, with the opening of the auto show. Yes. That was exciting. We were there. We were there on Thursday with the media day. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty cool experience, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, both of our first times going on a media day. Yeah, for anything, really. Yeah, we've been there before just for, like, the regular show. Um, but it's different. When you are when you go to a, uh, a regular uh, day at an auto show, so this is specifically, of course, the Canadian International Auto Show, mm-hmm. it's so – my brother went there yesterday, and he said he oh, felt really? like he was in a – just, like, in an aquarium. Oh, it's so terrible. It's so packed. You're just waiting in lines, and you want to go sit in a Fiat 500 Abarth because you love sitting in a Fiat 500 Abarth, but you got to wait in line behind three – two-year-old kids who don't even know what a car is and mm. just jamming 
wiping their boogers all over the seat. It it's it, it it's too much sometimes. But you go on media day, and everyone there is usually respectful. You know, you, you can usually they walk around. Was, was well, yeah, perfect, yeah. yeah. It, it was it was great. Everyone should go to media day. Joking, no. don't do that, please. God, you have ruined media day. <laughs> but it was it was really nice. I think uh, for both of us, it was a uh, it was a really really good experience, enjoyable uh, time to be there. Um, we got to see. Christian von Koenigsegg's speech, yes. which was super exciting. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, with the official Canadian reveal of mm-hmm. his Azera RS. Yeah. Uh, super cool. He got to start it up. How do you feel about the car, the Azera RS? Um, like, it's weird. I, it, it's hard for me to understand that kind of car. I was having a conversation with a buddy last night uh, over some drinks, and, uh, and he highlighted, I think, something very important about mm-hmm. the Koenigseggs. They're, they may be bedroom wall poster worthy. Yeah. Just like the, you know, uh, the Lamborghinis of yesteryear, like the Diablo and sure. stuff. But I just don't know if they tickle like the fancy of a lot of enthusiasts. There's just, they, they only, they're very limited. Yeah. Um, like, like this Azure RS, there's mm-hmm. only 25 of them. Yeah. Uh, 25. Yeah. 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them, which are coming to Canada. And I think people Obviously, they're great feats of engineering. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's the fastest car in the world right now. Yeah, of course. Um, but the people that are buying them are people that buy them because they can and because they'll be the one of 25. Yeah. Um, now, that's not to discredit his accomplishment Absolutely in not, building yeah. a company the way he did. Mm-hmm. It's just hard for someone like us to justify what they are. Yes. Um, and to There's a disconnect. Yeah, exactly. And he, and like the interviewer asked him, he said, um, what's, what's the, what's the use of the, what's the point in this car? If, if you can't go fast on the road, like you say it can, mm-hmm. what's, what's the point in it? He said, well, it can. And that, that's the point. Basically. Yeah. I, I don't know. He tried to preface it with, by saying like, oh, well, it's very comfortable. It's very practical. Yeah, and I, I get that. But here, here, and here, this was brought up last night in this conversation, right? You, you have a company like Konenzeg and shut like, you know, Great, great work. You guys, they built an uh, unbelievable car. Yeah. But when I look at a Koenigsegg and when I look at a Pagani, I feel differently about a Pagani. Right. But the Pagani is also, if you put it on a track against its competitors, it's yeah. going to always be the one that's in last. It will. It, of course. It's not It's not performance-based. It's art-based. Yes. And maybe that's, that's why, because I can justify art being right uber uber you, you, expensive you can buy that pagani and put it in your living room and yeah. say this is a piece of art now and that's that's and, really and what actually they all are. the paganis are not that slow the pagani when the huayra came out it was the fastest car around top gears test track the the pagani huayra right is a bit of a, and, of a monster and, and again if you've, if you've noticed with top gears testing even with the current cars with mm-hmm. the mclaren 720s they're saying that the, the ferrari 488 is faster which is not. It just comes down to who's been paying them more money. Well, okay, but this um, this was a lot old of Top Gear. This is old Top Gear. I'm talking about not new Top yeah, Gear. It doesn't. It's all. It's all the same. I'm just saying it's that the same thing with these big, are with not big the, publication companies. If, yeah. if they get, they they get tickled the right well, way from the right and, company. And and life as we know it is a conspiracy. But okay, no, but I'm not saying that. The, the Pagani. I I I don't think you're giving the Pagani enough performance credit here. It is it is a serious performance machine. Watch watch reviews. Really, like what recent and reviews? I, what are they comparing it not to? Not recent reviews, like back when it was newer. 
Yeah. When it competed, when it competed against other so things, who, who, you who take would, you take a Porsche 918, a, a P1. Yes. Those will all be way faster. Okay, I I never considered it uh, for half the money. Half the money of a really? Yeah, I think so. No. Yeah. Huayra's okay. Well, we're we're this is the, we clearly have to do a bit more research on the Huayra. Oh yeah, this, we talk is, about this it. is very. But. <laughs> uh, yeah. Either either way, my my point my point being, I can I can justify for some reason in my crazy head. The the Pagani existing. Oh, a hundred percent. I I, I agree with you a hundred percent with that. Yeah. Because it is a piece of art. When yeah. you look into it, all all the you can see all the moving parts, all the metal pieces, mm-hmm. and it, it's amazing. It's beautiful. There's just and, and you don't get that with the Koenigsegg. But yes. what you get with the Koenigsegg is brute performance. Yes. Brute performance. That's uh, the Swedish engineering. Uh, and, and and in its own way, some craziness. And I, I think I think with 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 Koenigsegg, you'll get a um, more personable experience as well, because they're such a small company, and they have a guy like Christian von Koenigsegg heading the company like that. Mm-hmm. He seems to be pretty down to earth and and comfortable you around. Don't think the ratio is no. From what I've read, no. I don't really? Think so, yeah. We'll just take a little. <laughs> No, um, yes, apparent, I am drinking. apparently he's very like Ferrari like where he's like, oh, we're man, the, ba- we're the, the man, best. The man is Italian and has a right to be well, it's, good for it's, you. It's ratio. an Italian you got, thing. Don't worry. You got a fan over here despite what's going on, on the other end of that table. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So Christian Malcolm, of course, and, you know, I guess we might as well talk about the auto show at this point where we're, we've already well, sort yeah, of segued we've, we've into got, already our gone week. into it. I don't know what um, we were talking about. Before then. we get into absolutely everything that happened at the auto show, what watch are you wearing at the auto show, Mikey? My Panerai. Your Panerai? Which I'm also wearing today. Uh-oh, wristwatch check. We want to do a wristwatch check That's right now? We might as well pre- get into it. Premature wristwatch check. Well, I'm wearing the Hodinkee sure. System 51 uh, just because it hasn't seen a lot of wrist time for a specific reason. Of course, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you know that I received the shipment of my Ming straps. Sure. I'm going to stop plugging Ming because all we do is talk about Ming on this show. But I anyway. Mean, we're not sponsored by them. Oh, well, yeah, I, mean, again, I don't yeah. know who would sponsor us, but we just like them. Yeah, we just like them a lot. But anyway, I got the straps. Oh my god, I love I love the straps. I've never had textured straps before. I I have had calfskin straps. I have calfskin straps that are stamped and look super fake and chintzy, and those mm. are the ones I absolutely hate to test. Uh, and I have some other leather straps and NATOs and, and rubber and stuff, but I've never had textured straps. Sure. So with this, um, it's like a distressed. Uh, what would you call it? Nubuck is it, is what it's called. Nubuck? That's what they did call it. Yes. Yeah. So I've never had it before. And I immediately threw it on. I, th- I threw my anthracite black strap, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll post pictures of these. My anthracite black strap on the Ming, and I threw the chocolate colored strap on the Tissot. You did post them. Yes, on the Instagram. Yeah. Now, um, my Tissot, it's very important to say, has been falling out of rotation because I've gotten so bored of it. It happens. It's minimalist. Yeah, you, you just get tired of it. And the thing that killed me the most is anytime I had it on its stupid strap that it came with, it just de- it in my eyes it devalued the watch it mm-hmm. looked chintzy and cheap yep it did not look good i used to wear it on a, on a barber shop uh, nato the blue white red nato and that it was a sporty you know summer thing but obviously not the summer i put it on the strap and i've been wearing it now the last 3 days straight yeah. because it just totally revamped that watch it looks dressy Straps it looks, will do that yeah it just so so refreshing so i wore that to the auto show and i was happy to do it and uh, and the reason why I'm wearing the Hodinkee System 51 today is because I ended up wearing the Tissot in a lot of situations where I would put this on. Yeah. Just to go run outside and, and you know, go run some errands, I, I ended up wearing the Tissot. Normally, I'd put on the System 51 mm-hmm. for that because it's more of my daily. But, yep. yeah, just 
great job. Ming, great job on the straps. And uh, I learned that I have a new uh, affinity for textured straps. But that's right. enough about boring uh, watch for, stuff. For those of you that don't know, he copied my strap, the Panerai. Yes, the Panerai came right with there. a with a very similar strap. Yeah, yeah you have good taste, Mike. Came with it, good value. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, but now that we have sort of, uh, we've, we've sort so of we've set the scene for the auto show. Yes, yes. So very poorly, me but. and Mikey showing up to this media day. Very few people there. Um, speaking of people who were there. We got a chance to meet uh, some uh, content creators that we uh, we enjoy their content. Yeah. Um, we got to meet, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. The gentleman from Throttle House. You know what? I don't think. No, I'm I'm not sure. I want to say Zach. I didn't speak to him. You spoke to I him. I spoke to him, but I did not. Say I was his busy name. in the Ford Head Simulator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> for for those of you don't that don't know, it, it's basically a giant racing helmet that mm-hmm. you put on your head, and it's like a VR simulation. It was pretty cool. Uh, but while you were playing the you know child's games in a head simulator, I was yeah I met the guy from uh, Throttle House and really cool guy. Uh, was like a you know a minute long conversation, very yep. pr- very brief, uh, but it seemed like a really cool guy down to earth. And and hopefully uh, we can maybe work with him one day, uh, you know, and maybe have him on the show. We also got a chance to have a little bit long conversation with the guys from. Uh, the straight pipes. Yeah, Jacob and, and Yuri. Yeah, really cool guys. Um, again, hopefully one day we'll get a chance to work with them. Uh, and these are all obviously Canadian uh, content creators. Yep. Which uh, I mean, we dig Canadian content creators. If you know what I mean, you know what I'm saying. I don't know what you mean. Well, like because we're also Canadian and we're content creators. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and we also got to see the guys from Canadian Car Culture. Uh, sure. Pretty cool young guys. Uh, it's good to see that there's yet younger people too. Yeah. Why oh, I say younger, I mean younger than us. I'm sure there were others there as well. Just yeah, that we just who we spotted and mm-hmm. could recognize. And exactly. So uh, shout out to those guys. Um, thank you for making our media day a little bit more uh, special because we we felt like we were meeting like celebrities. Maybe I, maybe that was just me. Yeah, maybe, I turned. Maybe I, I want to apologize to the guys from the Straight Pipes. I turned really red and started sweating when I met you. Yeah, it's a little this weird. This is a common thing that I do. It's just weird. He did that the same the the, the first time he met me as well. Yeah. It's my my palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. High that school, high tune. school in the lunchroom, came up to me all sweaty and red. Lady in red. Can, <laughs> can I have lunch with you? Any yes. Let's not go back into into. Let's how, get into the car show, people. Yeah. Wow. This you don't tangent. care about this. Yeah. You don't. You don't care for us. Um. Of course, I brought this. You know. Ooh, media map. Look at that. Jeez. No. Just you so we sit can, on that all day. It looks like it's been. It, it was. Been it was distressed. It, it was in my back pocket. It's like a distressed <laughs> strap. Um. No, but I brought it just so we can, you know, keep ourselves on track here. Of course, yes. Because we tend we to go already, the way. we've already gone totally off the and rails. And the first stop we made train. after the Koenigsegg reveal yes. and the Ajax Award ceremony. Oh, uh, we saw Milan Mastracci as well. Okay, yeah. Sorry, but we didn't say hi. Sorry, Milan. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Anthony doesn't know you, but I, you, we, he DM'd me. He helped me with my big break kit on the Accord. Anyway. Another guy, hopefully, we'll we'll be able to work with one day and uh, sure. and produce some content with. But anyway, back to what you're saying after uh, after the Koenigsegg, what did we do, Mikey? Auto Show 2018, we made our way to Volkswagen, mm-hmm. the Volkswagen, mm-hmm. and um, it was pretty cool. The CEO of Volkswagen Canada was there, mm-hmm. pretty important guy, I think. Um, that was pretty standard. A lot of CEOs were there. Yeah, but Volkswagen. He only a impressed big group. you because he had a because. Big Whatever. Group. No, you know, Porsche, okay. Audi. Or, oh, yeah, but he's not. He's not the CEO of Porsche and Audi Canada. But Volkswagen Canada. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's more important. Anyway, don't you just like because he had a German accent? Yeah, he was pretty you're cool. You're a you're a culture uh, 
It was, it was cool. What <laughs> called you a culture slut? Um, yeah, and, and they revealed two cars there. Yeah, one being what was the first one? I don't remember. Ayrton. No, that was the second oh, one. Oh no, that was the. Um, oh wow, how am I forgetting this? It was a sporty car. Was it the new Jetta? CC. No. Passat. Passat. Je- Jetta. New GLI. No. No, it wasn't a GLI. I think it was the new Passat. It was the new Passat. Obviously, it wasn't our It was the Passat. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a sportier version of the Passat. I think what Volkswagen. The 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 the, 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 the GT. Yes. Passat GT. Passat GT. Yeah. Let's look at that. We remember kids. Yeah. I, I mean, like. Should we have prepared more about the Volts, uh, our knowledge on the Volkswagen Group? Yeah, maybe if they were releasing anything really cool. Well, they released a, a brand new car coming to the North America, the Ayrton. Ayrton. Um, which Arteon. is named after Ayrton Senna. No, false. No, it is not. Um, I don't it, know where they came up with that name. It's though. supposed to be their like their their luxurious premium sporty car. Yeah. Um, it's an R. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting at forty eight thousand dollars. Um. Yeah. Relatively inexpensive. Well, uh, I'll give them I, that. I first said, how could it be their expensive car? But if it starts at if it's at forty eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, given that the Golf R once you price it out, it's around fifty thousand dollars. Then I was thinking that it starts at forty eight thousand. Yeah. Golf R starts at like mid to high thirties. And the Golf R is also their their most like sporty model and right. expensive. If that's so what I'm saying is is, is car. it starts at the better part of fifty thousand dollars. Okay, but which but, isn't that little. Yeah, but we also have to remember that, that when we talk about golf R's, that is their sports car. That's like like right. Ford coming out with a with a more luxurious okay. car, but then someone saying, "Oh, well, that's still cheaper than a than their GT three fifty R." The golf R in its own right is one of the sportiest hatchbacks you can buy. Yes. So, so what are you saying? Hatchback. Just yeah, like it, it, it. The price is that's still the price high. of the Ayrton for a Volkswagen. That's high. But you're saying the the Ayrton is not. I'm saying it is like that's proper. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't you, care about Volkswagen. You, <laughs> God. You said, wow, Honda. I'm sorry. Boy. I'm sorry. Okay, um, would you no, not agree that their, that their uh, thing was a little bit dull? Of course. I like the releasing... new Golf. I would rather them, them talk about the new Golf. Yeah, but they're He's... not releasing the new Golf. I know, I guess. But anyway. Which the GTI was cool. Yes, the GTI and Eddie, was Eddie, cool. if you're listening, get a GTI. Yeah, younger brother. My younger brother, Eddie, he should get a GTI. I Very think it's cool. a, a solid first car. Manual transmission, make it. Yeah, of course. If, Eddie, Eddie, I taught him well. He would never go automatic. But anyway, can we can we move on from Volkswagen? I feel like Volkswagen was just like a. There was nothing really cool. The Ayrton, cool. Oh, I'm sorry. Have I offended? Nope. Just listening for other things. Oh, okay. <laughs> like my camera shutting off. We gotta be. Is it still running? It's not monitoring anymore. Should I check this? Is it actually isn't? Hold on, hold on, folks. We'll uh, be right back. To me, no, no, we're not taking a break. We're continuing this. Oh, we're gonna continue this. Yeah, just let me stop. Let recording. me check. Okay. Yeah, but hold on. Let me see yours. Let's stop too. Folks, we're taking a break. <laughs> Clearly, both the cameras stopped recording. So we're going to try and uh, troubleshoot this, and we'll be right back. We are back. After, um, uh, we're we're going to figure this out one day. Yeah. We're having a little bit of issues with our cameras. Mm-hmm. Um Sony, if you're watching this, 
send someone, please. <laughs> we need <laughs> Mr. Sony. Yeah, I want I want Mr. Sony. I'm sure it's a more Japanese name than that, but get over here and tell me why we spent all this money and these things aren't working. The no, way they're they're, they're working fine. It's yeah, just it's, Anthony's is having a couple issues with holding the record, and right yeah. now I think you know, we're just playing around with it. We're troubleshooting. We're, we're trying to learn. Uh, but where where do we leave off on on how with you boring? shitting on Volkswagen? I'm not shitting on Volkswagen. I'm just saying like there were there were other cooler things going on. Yeah. So uh, let's, then let's move on. From let's that. move they, on. They from released Volkswagen. the Ariton. Um, yeah. The CEO was wearing a very cool suit. Was wearing Louboutin shoes. Had a very cool accent. He's just in, you're just in love with the CEO of Volkswagen. <laughs> That's why you want to talk about. Volkswagen. I thought the Volkswagen. I thought this nothing to do about cars. I thought the, the CEO crush. of Porsche was pretty awesome as well. Okay, he was the exact opposite of awesome. The CEO of Mercedes was the only cool one there. I don't even think he was a CEO. Great speaker. He was he was he was moving around. Yeah, we'll get there. And, no one yeah. cares. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, anything at Mazda? Uh, Mazda. No. no, they didn't talk about their Sky Active X, which we will cover in depth on the show because I think that's very important to cover what's what Mazda's doing with Sky Active X. Uh, for those of you who don't know. Basically, they're they're bringing together the best of both worlds right. from diesel and uh, internal combustion, regular uh, internal combustion engines, uh, compressionless. I think spark, right, or or spark compression, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very fuel efficient, very powerful. It may be the future of of conventional internal combustion engines. Sure. So, uh, but they didn't have anything uh, going on really that no, I saw because um, we moved right from Volkswagen to Mitsubishi. Hyundai. Well, uh, and nothing was really interesting yeah. for Mitsubishi. I don't want to sound like a snob, but Mitsubishi. I mean, uh, they, they. I think they they had a corner on the market when when the Evo Ten was at its prime, but since then, it's pretty obvious to see that they they just lack the cash flow yeah. to do anything else. So they just released, I think, an SUV. I've seen commercials for it, uh, and even in the commercials that they're releasing here, it's of the European model. It's got European plates oh, really? on it. Yeah. So they just don't have, I think, enough money uh, in nor- the North American market to do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. So that car we saw at uh, the auto show, I'm fairly certain, is a, just a European model uh, mm. that, that uh, Mitsubishi is releasing. And it was pretty awkward when uh, no, I, they released I know it. What, I know where you're going here. No one clapped. But yeah. I think um, even after that, no one clapped really for anything. Yeah, yeah but it, unless, it wasn't unless it was just the, the GT2 RS or the... Yes. Project one, but it wasn't no just that there was no clap. It was like there was zero enthusiasm. Well, because, so, because right before the that, had so much enthusiasm. But right, right before that, at Volkswagen, everyone clapped, and then yeah. right after that, nobody clapped. But yeah. who cares? I think I think it was funny. Moving on, um, right next to it was the was Hyundai. Yeah, and yeah. they um, they showed us the new Veloster mm-hmm. and the the new Veloster N. Yeah, which was interesting. Yeah, and and for those of you that are looking for. A early review of it i think the only people that have driven and reviewed it are the straight pipes yeah yeah uh, which is pretty cool um but yeah what do you think about that car i think uh hyundai is definitely trying to rebrand they've been trying to rebrand themselves maybe even since like the the genesis coupe came out yeah uh, especially with the r version right like they they have really the offered R-spec. yeah the r spec they've really offered a lot of bang for for their buck for your mm-hmm. buck in in a lot of their models yep People, I think, I think, will still have that hesitation that they don't they don't have with Honda and right. uh, and Toyota. When Honda and Toyota and Nissan release an entry level sports car, it's well received right off the bat, right? Because people are nostalgic for the days of old Hondas and Toyotas that were sporty. Mm-hmm. Hyundai doesn't have that. Right. They don't have a past to draw on. 
So the, we're, what we're seeing is the thing that maybe one day someone will be nostalgic for. Yeah, exactly. You know, just like people are nostalgic for Civic hatchbacks and Toyota Supras and stuff like that. Maybe one day someone will be nostalgic yeah. for a uh, Veloster N. As ridiculous as that sounds with a name like Veloster N. Um, this, I mean, it, it was it was brought to the Nürburgring. Not that, you know, the Nürburgring is anything special anymore, but they put time and resources into designing this it's not just an appearance yeah. package you're getting like a proper car yep six speed manual limited slip diff big brake kit right uh, is it all around or just on the front they got i'm to, not sure actually sorry it's not a big brake kit they're upgraded brakes but they're not fixed calipers okay just regular calipers uh but uh i think adjustable suspension or mm-hmm. tuned suspension right one of the two uh and a higher horsepower motor higher output yeah. 270 horsepower i believe yep Sounds about right. Yeah. No, but I think it's good. It, it's showing they can do something different. Yeah. Um, right and, they're, and they're willing to try and compete with the likes of Volkswagen and Honda, which yeah. they really wouldn't. Um, like a straight comparison yeah. of the cars with like the Type R or the Golf R or the Focus RS, it wouldn't compete. Yeah. But it's giving it's them dipping their toes into that area. Which and I still think uh, that this would probably be a better comparison to an SI or a Focus ST. Yes. Or a GTI. Yes, I don't. I would think, say I so. don't think it's the full sure. beans. And what kind of, if you think about the market that we live in today, where you don't you don't just have a sporty alternative to a to an economy car, mm-hmm. you also have the ultimate sporty alternative to an economy yeah. car. No, everyone right? everyone's taking the hot hatches to the full exactly. beans. Exactly, that's kind of cool. It is. That's awesome. I, I mean, mean, recent news awesome. recent news is telling us Ford is not continuing the RS. Really? Yep. I they announced see. it l- earlier this week. I can see that. Too expensive, sixty-one grand. But no, my bad. It would be cool to see what kind of deals they're going to be giving to to get rid of the all the remaining stock. I don't or think even they the would, resale I, values will probably plummet on the RSs because I think the, they've all been having some issues and stuff like that. They have, yeah. But uh, but uh, anyway, back to Hyundai. Good job, Hyundai. That was really the only release. The it was a cool Canadian release release. too. I think. Yeah. I think it was it was the best reveal out of them. Yeah, all. they freaking put the oh my god the, the speakers the mic right inside the exhaust. <laughs> it came out of. I'm a Volkswagen. I'm a, I'm a Hyundai. Too loud. Too loud, Hyundai. No, but it, it was pretty cool. It was cool. Um, and moving on to a couple bigger vehicles mm-hmm. um, Big that stuff. we were kind of really excited to see and kind mm-hmm. of disappointed once we did. Yeah. Um, that's from the likes of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. Yes. Um, with FCA, the rel- I believe. Yep. That's what they go by. Sure. Interesting. I don't know. They go by FCA. Anyways. You know why they go by FCA, I'm just saying. Why? Because they don't want to say Fiat. Really? 100%. I think Fiat in North America just has a bad, it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. Do they know that Fiat owns them all? What do you mean? Yeah, Fiat owns everything. Well, Fiat owns a lot. But when people think of Fiat in North America. I know, yeah, yeah. Fix it again, Tony. Anyway. Nope. (laughs) That's why they call themselves FCA now. Just Woodbridge, Ontario thinks that. No, you're wrong. Anyway. Continue. What what did you want to say? They start showed with? us some of the new Dodge Rams. Okay, before which we, we get to the Dodge Rams, can we talk about the Jeeps? The uh the Wranglers? They didn't reveal those. We they just walked by them. them. We will talk about but, them. Okay, fine. We can start with the Dodge, whatever. I'm I'm manning this mission. You're manning this mission? No, they released like, a couple of the uh the, the Ram series trucks. Yeah. Um we talked about them before, so we don't think we need to really talk about them. Other yeah. than the fact that we were very excited about the new interior upgrades mm-hmm. and after sitting them, we were very disappointed. Yeah. It, I okay. Maybe we got to preface this again. I, we seem to preface a lot of things on these shows, but uh, 
yes, the interior looked great yes. in pictures. So much so that when I think we went over to the Ford booth, this was so we actually we saw the truck, but we didn't get a chance to sit in it till after. So we saw the truck. Then we went over to the right. Ford booth and we sat in a Raptor. And I was saying, like, you know what? They got to keep up with Dodge. This yeah. this interior is good, exactly. but it's getting dated. You did say that. Later on in the day, we had a chance to go back to the Dodge booth and actually sit inside the Ram. And the interior, while it is it is uh, aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. it's just not built to the same quality as the as the Ford. No, they, it's uh, not. One of, like, buttons, a lot of the, the buttons were getting sticky, and maybe that's because they. But again, we were there before the auto show started, so yeah, there should be no, no reason was for playing that. around. It's a brand new uh, truck. It was disappointing. Yeah, some Lots of the of drawers, some of the drawers wouldn't lock. They get stuck halfway, and yeah. and and not very ergonomic. Uh, they they've tried to put the switches in. If you're oh, gonna put yes. toggle switches like the Raptor and Ford has been doing, even in the Super Duty trucks for a long time, those yep. auxiliary switches make them switches. I remember driving They're like more a buttons. base model. Yeah, I remember uh, back in the day driving like a base model 2009 F250, one of the first years they put those toggle switches sure. for the auxil- auxiliaries. Driving around, they did nothing because there was no auxiliary, uh, uh, no accessories on this truck. But I would just flick them all down, flick them all up, and it had such a nice, solid feeling yeah. to them. <laughs> but in in the Ram, these toggle switches actually they don't move up and down. They don't go up or down. They just go click and return to the same position. Yeah, They're, those are not toggle switches. Those are buttons. Yeah, why just put buttons? Yeah, trying to make it too fancy, and they didn't didn't execute yeah. it well. But I think we can say that the screen was still a nice touch. A big screen in a, in a big truck, I think, is a good way to go. Uh, we didn't see it on. I, I'd like yeah. I'd like to play around with it. Yeah, um, that that's true. If, if the what do you call it? If the uh, the actual software is sucks, then right, then it's just useless real estate. Which the Dodges in the past have been decent. Yeah, um, like on the mm-hmm. Challenger, there we've I've, that's one I've used before. Yeah, uh, it, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. You got to play around with it until you can have a good fair yeah. judgment. Um, but other than the Rams, we were looking more into the Jeeps, mm-hmm. which were pretty cool, the new Jeeps, yeah. um, which we've talked about here before. And even the Dodge Durango SRT was there? Yes. Yeah. Um, the Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT and the the infamous Trackhawk. Trackhawk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, priced at $129,000 Canadian. Yes. Yes, $129,000 Canadian. Steep, but... I think well, we we disagree on this one. You want to go ahead and and tell them your opinion. My opinion is way too much money to be asking for a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Get an SRT. Yeah. Call it a day. Save fifty grand. I think it, I think it's okay. I think it's okay to spend one hundred twenty thousand dollars on a Jeep that is the fastest. One hundred thirty. Sorry, one hundred thirty thousand dollars on a Jeep that is the fastest SUV ever. Or you can get our SRT, and that's the, the the one that was the fastest before. I mean, let's be honest; it's not like it it has presence. Like it, it is, it looks mean. It's not well, like they, it, they also should have named it Hellcat, the Jeep Hellcat. Yeah, no, because it, it's not a cat; it's a hawk. Meow. You know what? It plays off of Trailhawk. That's why Trailhawk. This is the Trackhawk. The Trailhawk is the badge oh. they give trail rated vehicles now. Okay. So this is the Trackhawk. It's built more for a track. Why now, anyone now I'm convinced would, now it's worth one hundred thirty thousand dollars? See, I should hey, FCA. You got your marketing guy over here, um, but I don't know. I think it's cool that Jeep did it. We all knew that they were doing it. it it's very common. You can pick any pick any automotive uh, you know company out there if they have a great engine, and it's in one car. Get ready. Next five years, you're gonna see that engine show up in every car. So Dodge is doing it with their Hellcat motor, putting it in every vehicle. Uh, there may even be a Ram, Ram a Ram. Uh, what would you call it? A Ram, Ram Hawk. Cat? Ram Hawk. 
<laughs> you imagine? I dodged the father, yeah. ran the daughter. Oh my god. You're you're welcome, FCA, for giving you guys the next idea. But I could definitely see him putting a a, a Hellcat motor in a Ram, 100. percent They've been they've been tugging along that old 5.7 Hemi for so long is like their only performance motor. Definitely yeah. gonna put a, a Hellcat engine in. Why not? Right. Other than their stupidly overpriced SUV, I think their um the Jeep Grand Cherokees were very cool. Wranglers. Some some sorry the Wranglers. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew you were going with that. The, yeah. the 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 Wranglers there they had some cool additions. I don't mm. know if they were special or limited editions, but they were some like Jeep Willie esque models. Yeah. Uh, very cool. We very were, nice interiors. Very impressed. Yes, interiors were great. Yeah, you know, which is weird because that interior was probably being designed the same time that the Dodge Ram interior was being designed. Yeah, How and there's, there's the really mark. no cues from either. No, uh, but I think we can both agree. I've never seen uh, uh, Jeeps with tires like yes. like those. They come with nice, really nice. Uh, yeah, BF Goodrich tires, I believe. Yeah, like, the KO2s. Yeah. Oh wow, like awesome. Which is impressive. All the all the rang yeah all the Wranglers I end up seeing just have like the those skinny little tires on yeah. them they look like you kids know. kids your Ford Raptors come with KO twos mm-hmm. look at this yeah no that was that was pretty cool to see and uh, I definitely think that's gonna bump up the uh, the respect for the Wrangler going yep. forward unfortunately the only people who get to enjoy Wranglers now are the typical people who enjoy Wranglers now but yeah. uh, hopefully that'll that'll those stereotypes will move aside and other people can enjoy them for what they are they are a good vehicle. Built, I think so. Built for what they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to Honda, mm-hmm. there wasn't really much there. Uh, no releases. No, no, no reveals or yeah. releases. Um, but we did get a couple minutes in the seat of the Type R. At least I did for the first time. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have everything adjusted properly. <laughs> I'd like a little bit more time to do that. Yeah. Um, but seeing the Type R up close in person and actually being able to like take some time with it, very impressive. Yeah. I mean, it was a Honda filled day. Got to drive your Honda Accord. Got to see the new Type R. That is true. You know, you Very now cool. you are understanding I'm, I'm, my I'm Honda pff- fanboyism. Watch out! I'm gonna come work with you. Oh, okay. Sounds like a plan. That's uh, um, that's great to hear. No, I'm very impressed. Even the, the way the gearbox felt, even compared to the Subaru, mm-hmm. just more, much more like the Subaru. And and again, we we have not driven these cars to the extent that they should be tested. Of but in in the Type R, the the transmission is very Honda esque. And what by what I mean by that is that uh, Honda transmissions are usually very like fluid and they can they can be ragged on. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're rarely in a Honda will you go for a gear and not be able to get into that gear and then and have it pop right out. Yep. It's not going to happen. Hondas they're they're very user friendly. The Subaru just rolling through the gears, it felt like a uh, uh, yeah, uh, like really stiff and. Again, I'd like know. to drive these yeah. on the road. Yeah. Um, As a daily, and that's one of the things I get from a lot of from guys I know that own Subaru STIs is they say the transmissions are, you know, they're a little bit of a pain in, yeah. daily, dra- in daily traffic. But not to take away from the STI, it is still a remarkable uh, da- um, daily driver. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking and I mean, moving, rally car for the road. Moving directly onto that, um, right beside Honda was Subaru. Yeah. And we got to see the, um, the RA. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think both of us agreed that in person it does have much more of a presence yes. than we expected. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 There's um, something that they've done that they've changed a bit of the front fascia or something. It it, it, it does look good. It looks yeah. really good. Oh yeah. Um, we also saw the TS, mm-hmm. which kind of was a disappointment. I thought it would be the other way around, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the TS is still they're they're still poking at that uh, entry level budget 
uh, sports car. So there's, I think there's less room that they have to, to really upgrade the TS. But yeah. I like the brakes on the TS. I like the wheels on the TS. Yes, definitely all good things that they put in there. Yeah, the wing maybe a little bit too much. That's, that's the STI. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That, that's I think the wing on the TS is bigger than a regular STI. Wing. Really? You yeah. think so? Oh, yeah. Or do you it's, think it's just because the car is so small it looks bigger? Maybe that's it. But it's. It, I think it's. You can cook. Yeah. You, you can, can fry you a couple can, eggs. It's a on park there. bench. Um. And that's it from Subaru. Mm-hmm. Subaru. Well, obviously they had their legacies and they had their yeah, and they had a couple cars. reveals there, but they were nothing special. Yeah, just the stuff that that Subaru people will keep buying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and moving on from there, in between Subaru and Kia was a Lamborghini Performante. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Kia had their Stinger on display. I sat inside one. We did, and we were kind of curious about it because we've never mm-hmm. sat in a Kia Stinger before. Yeah. Um. Actually, I saw one on the road earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's different. It looks. It looks like sporty. It, it. It looks the part, but it doesn't. I don't think it plays the part. Yeah. Even sitting in it, it's very plastic, very Kia y. Mm-hmm. You know what I don't get? Hyundai Genesis. Yeah. Both the uh, the hunt like the Genesis Coupe. Sure. Was styled great. Yeah. I think they did. They they did a great job styling that mm-hmm. car. And the Genesis line, which w- had its own area, yep. separate from Kia, of course, and Hyundai, their cars are styled really nicely too. I didn't even realize the, that. Was they have they have a high performance model. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it's called, but it looks very good. Yeah. But where was that? Where were those styling cues with the Stinger? Like, yeah, the Stinger is not the worst looking vehicle by far. Like, it's a decent yeah. looking car. But where were the styling cues? I didn't see anything from their other brands mm. that that were was reminiscent. Sure. So I don't know, but anyway, it's Kia. He, we, apparently, yeah. the um, the Kia Forte mm-hmm. is the car to see at the auto show um, with the new <laughs> CVT. Oh yes! After we had that very awkward conversation, um, the new CVT. It, it you know not a lot of people care about it, but those are the people that it don't matter. Yeah, exactly. Only real enthusiasts will understand. Yes. And where we're going with this, we uh, had a run in with uh, a true automotive enthusiast. I believe a disgruntled very, very, ex-employee. Yes, very, very British. Uh, honestly, like he was as snobby as Jeremy Clarkson, but like it was scarily, yeah, very scarily similar to Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. Long story short, we met a British guy at the auto show who just you know came up and ate lunch beside us, kind of weird, and he just told us that the most exciting thing at this auto show was the uh, was the new CVT and the Kia Forte. Yeah, because he's a true automotive enthusiast. He doesn't care about all. He the also panache. said he he used to work for a publications company. He used to as of as of, as of yesterday, <laughs> he's, he's on his own. <laughs> we think he was just a very disgruntled employee. He must have been absolutely must have been. But um, uh, uh yeah, uh, Kia Forte CVT definitely look out for it. If you're an enthusiast, you will enjoy. I mean, moving on from Kia, yeah, and their um, stinger, yeah. Um, I think that was it for that for that floor, right? The the Canadian auto show, the way it's set up, you have multiple buildings, multiple floors. That is it for that floor. That was it for that floor. Uh, moving on from there, we mm-hmm. walked on t- into the, uh, I believe it's the north building. Yes. No, the south building. South building, exactly, yeah. Um, and we first walk in, which I was surprised to see this. We walked through the front doors. Mm-hmm. It's a very grand opening to Ford. I mean, to Lincoln. Yeah. You never, was, yeah, usually Lincoln has one car. Usually Lincoln is hidden. Uh, yeah, out, out behind Ford. Yeah, but um, no, they were right, right at the entrance, right at the mm-hmm. front here, and they had a nice, big space where they had well three or four navigators. Yeah, one long wheelbase, and I think two or three others in the front. Yeah, um, and we actually got a little bit of seat time in the navigator, mm-hmm. and I'm thoroughly impressed. Same here. What an upgrade! I mean, we spoke about this last week um, 
about or the week before maybe the week before that i don't know one of the last three weeks um we spoke about the navigator and and how it used to kind of be overshadowed by ford and was essentially a ford with lincoln badges and now it almost appears as to be a completely different vehicle the inside mm-hmm. is a lot different a lot more premium than ford which which is how it should be um and it's just all around a great improvement yeah i was gonna say it used to be that there was literally no reason to buy a navigator because the cadillac escalade existed and the escalade had a nicer interior had a better engine had a better everything yeah uh but lincoln just knocked it out of the park yep obviously where they've gone from like maybe three four years ago with that generation of, of navigator which was basically just a rebranded ford expedition yep this was this is totally different. It looks like its own vehicle. So and and then the that's the exactly, first time yeah. I, I can actually see why I'd buy that car over an Escalade. Yep. And it hasn't been that way since like two thousand and two when uh Ice when Cube was, Ice Cube had it. Wasn't there yet. Yeah, yeah. But just uh I like you said, thoroughly impressed. They also had the Continental there, which I thought Again, was kinda cool. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I, you know, though though the the styling of of the trim with the door handle kinda yeah embedded in the trim is a cool idea so it's hidden mm-hmm. but just hide the, just hide the handles in yeah, the door like you, everyone else when does. you walk up to it it looks kind of weird kind of quirky and again if you don't know what we're talking about when you when you look at the side profile of the lincoln continental uh it is basically it, you don't see the door handles at all and as you walk up to it you see that they've hidden the door handle in the chrome of the windowsill uh, but on top of that, we also have a, uh, a new engine, I think, in the Continental. It's a twin-turbo V6, uh, which is really nice. I think that uh, a bespoke engine for the Continental is a good idea, considering that Lincoln really needs to, to set itself apart from Ford. Yes, Anthony, I'm coming. Don't worry. I was going to say, I, I can only ramble on about Lincoln for so long, Mikey. No, just checking, you know, checking things, <laughs> producer things. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, if, if anyone is looking to volunteer to be a producer, we we could really use one. Uh, it would I'm save back. us I'm back. from I'm a back. lot of. Yeah, you're back. You're good. No, I, I heard a, I heard a strange beep. I'm sorry for interrupting once again. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're learning here. We are. This yes. is going to, you know, bear with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a beep and I just have to check the cameras. <laughs> I'm sorry. OK, well, both cameras are still running. Yes. Awesome. Um, but no, I, I can agree 100 percent. I was still listening to you. While I was moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, Continental Navigator, um, great improvements, and we got a little bit of inside information. Mm, yeah. New York Auto Show, wait for it. Lincoln's coming out with something big. Mm-hmm. And what do you think that's going to be? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I maybe. Well, let okay. Lincoln is still going to produce something. Mark LT has. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to date. That well, was you don't know. It's an F one fifty with a Lincoln badge. Yeah, that was a failed attempt by Lincoln they in got the, the mid now. to late two thousands. Yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no reason no. to have a luxury truck beyond what Ford already offers. Yeah. Um, no, but that'll be interesting to see. I think it's gonna be maybe a convertible, maybe like a, oh, really? a long wheelbase convertible. Not that I mean, hmm. there isn't really any out there to compete with. But I think other than like a Mercedes SL, um, who else does them? Uh, Audi doesn't have any long wheelbase convertibles. No. No. Beam. No. No. I don't know. I, I think that would be so cool to see from Lincoln. You think? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. But anyway. We'll see what it is. Yeah. The retro styling. I mean, with the Continental, they, they I think they hit it out of the park there. Um, but uh, from Lincoln, where do we go next? We kind of skipped over Toyota. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really anything other than the um, the Tacoma. Yeah. The, the TRDs. TRD off-roads. Yep. Yeah. Those. Um, we, cool. we didn't really stay for the reveal of any of their vehicles, but we did um, take a gander at the Toyotas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
nothing nothing really yeah. impressive um from there we moved on through to chevrolet mm-hmm. which there was a car there that we were thoroughly impressed with we, yes. we took a look we, we've talked about the um the zr2 in the past the colorado mm-hmm. and we took a little look at the interior there nothing too impressive yeah um to be expected though it's a small little truck um but something hidden all the way in the back it was kind of kind of an awkward setup with those yeah they were behind this huge wall um and what we're talking about is the camaro zl1 yes wow fantastic incredible it looked like a like a batmobile it looked like a showpiece with that yeah. engine bay open yeah, yeah. what an, what engine bay looks like that i i from I anything even 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 higher up cars mm-hmm. not much mm-hmm. um very very it's got a very good presence i think mm-hmm. um the we didn't get to sit in it because they were, were kind of tearing apart the the sound system as we were uh, yeah removing all it. the important pieces yeah getting ready for the auto show um mm-hmm. but a nice big carbon wing all these carbon accents the engine bay is impeccable um and the price tag eighty eight thousand, as shown there and i think that was a probably a a, a a well-equipped one, well-equipped for sure. One, yeah. That's with magnetic uh, ride control, which yep. is one of the things you want. Yep. Obviously, it's got the supercharged uh, LS motor. Right. Uh, I think that we, I think we can both agree the ZL1 Camaro is definitely a bargain for what you're getting. You I think will so. Trounce a GT350R with that car. Yeah. Absolutely trounce. They were comparing the GT350R to the regular SS when the SS came out. 350R or 350? 350R. Yeah, really? to the regular SS. All right. Uh, just because the regular SS can be equipped with magnetic ride, and mm-hmm. and so can the GT350. I think the GT350R was was quicker by a margin. You know, mm-hmm. don't quote me. Maybe it wasn't the R, but either way, the GT350 is substantially more than an SS. Right. An SS, you're looking at like maybe 55. Uh, well, not substantially 60. more. Now, right now, you can probably get one new for low 70s. Okay. The GT350. Still, that's. Over Still ten thousand dollars more, more yeah. on a car that is only going to cost you seventy thousand dollars a lot. Right. Um. But yeah, just the the ZL the ZL one will trounce all any muscle car mm-hmm. in its in its range. I think the only one to compete with on a track, uh, will be the GT five hundred when it comes out, um, which will be interesting. Yep. No, nothing from Ford on a GT five hundred. In fact, they only really had. No, and I I don't think they would announce it in yeah. Canada anyways. Yeah, yeah, probably not. They'll save that for LA or something. Yeah. Um. But definitely that'll be coming soon. And yeah, from Chevy, yeah, just the the presence of that ZL1. Oh my gosh, I, yeah. I'm not a Camaro guy, never been one. Got a new appreciation for it. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. And uh, yeah, we had an interesting conversation with the gentleman who who was standing around the car taking pictures of it. Apparently, he owns an SS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this gen and very, Anthony very Anthony proud. was saying, "Oh, it's so great, it's great," but you know, I can't really see out of it when you're driving it. Yeah. And uh, this guy thought else. Yes. Doesn't you, so. you see great. You see great. All right, man. Well, but obviously you bought the car. You're going to say that you can see great out of it. But you sit in my Accord. It's like a fish tank compared to this car. This is mm-hmm. a tank. But still, that's not what it's about. The car's not built to be to be very easy to see out of. It's yeah. built to, to destroy lap times and make Ford guys shit their pants. Yep. And that's what it does, I think. Sure. So uh, congrats to Chevy on, on creating a, another beast out of their performance department. Yeah. Um, beyond that, Chevy really, we didn't really look at their trucks. No, it, it's all it, it's pretty well all the same stuff um, from yeah, last year. Same as GMC too. Uh, nothing really big. Um, and then the next, well, big one to us um, from there was Porsche. Yes. Um, they had three cars under the covers. Um, we didn't get to sit in any of them, which I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. Uh, forget about the ones they revealed. Any of 
porches in general. Yeah, they were all um, locked. They were all locked. It's a weird thing on a media day because it's not the same rules as a regular auto show. So for us, our, our first media day, you walk up to a car that's usually locked and it's unlocked. And you're like, does anyone else know about this? Yeah. But it's because they, they know that you're not going to screw yeah. around. But Porsche was different. And I could see the little alarm blinking. And yep. I knew that it was, okay, I can't touch this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have liked to sit in um in the McCann Turbo that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What are you gonna do? There wasn't really much else there on the on the floor because they had three nine elevens that they revealed. Yeah. Um, that being the Carrera T, the um, nine eleven GT two RS, obviously, mm-hmm. and the Turbo Exclusive Series. Yes. Uh, very cool cars. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm. I really do like the nine eleven T. I think yeah. that is my new favorite Porsche. Really? Just because it, it brings the. Uh, it sort of brings what the R delivered, but to at an actual like a Affordable budget price price point. And for those of you who don't know what it is, the T does not stand for turbo, as I thought. Yeah. Nine eleven T is just basically it's a naturally aspirated nine eleven that you can equip with a manual transmission only. I don't know about only. It's an. Okay. I, I believe it's like an homage to an older. Yeah. Um, available Carrera. Exactly. So it's an homage to a Carrera. Yeah. That, uh, and uh, I just think it's it's really elegant. It. Basically, all the all the bits a driver would want to enjoy his his, his like you know, it, it, what do you call it? Right. Evolved drive. Now that was priced at what a hundred and fourteen, I believe they 100 said. Hundred around there. Seventeen, I thought I heard. Okay, so yeah, still between one hundred and ten yeah, and one hundred twenty thousand there. But now, given that price point mm-hmm. of that much, and and knowing that the Cayman GT four yeah comes in a manual transmission, it'd be a tough one. Yeah, because yeah, the Cayman GT4 is probably ultimately much more capable, but there's just something to owning. I think a 911. That if you're if you're a Porsche guy, yeah, it's you want the 911. Of course, right? The Cayman's nothing against Cayman's. The new 17 7 uh, 718 series, very cool. Boxer and Cayman are fantastic. I think they're awesome. Mm -hmm. But if I can get a 911 for that money, I'm gonna go 911. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Just just because. 911. I think I would, I would I would follow suit with that. Yeah. Um, but right, I think the Cayman GT4 is around that price, anyways. Yeah. It has yeah. to be. It can't be much more than that. It has to be around 100 grand. Well, now because they were limited production, I think they're all sold out. Oh yeah. Point. For now sure. the price has gone up, but yeah, I think uh, they would have been around that. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty cool to see the GT2 RS is there as well. Yeah. Um, it's a very late release for mm-hmm. us in Canada. Um, as you know, people in the UK are already collecting theirs. Yes. Uh, but what are you gonna do? Um, yeah. kind of shitty color that they brought to us. Yellow, yellow with black, yeah. bright um, yellow. Would have liked to see the silver, but yeah. what are you gonna, even even the um the ex- the 911 exclusive series, the turbo. Yeah, uh, they it was white with the gold rims. Nah. Yeah, it didn't really didn't really appeal to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, from Porsche, not much. Mm-hmm. We had a little seat time in Mercedes Benz. Yes, where we got to see a couple cool cars there. Um, one being the AMG GTR. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, if I could talk about the AMG GT series in general. Yeah. We, the GTC oh, was there unreal. and the GTR. Both, both absolutely iconic. I just finished talking about how much I like 911s. Yep. But if I, if I had to choose a car to replace a 911 in my, in, in that, that, you know, that area that I fantasize about the AMG GT. Could and you know, we, 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 we put a poll there on Instagram that was in the 911 versus the GT. Mm-hmm. And um, 67% of the people said 9-11. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It was 13 people. Oh, wow. That. Yeah, interesting. That half of our followers. Half of our followers. <laughs> <laughs> we're, a small, we're a small production here, uh, but we love our followers. 
Uh, no, but yeah, most people. Most people said nine eleven. Yes, because nine eleven is is the way to go. But I think if it, I mean, like that is like that's the stereotypical. Right. Uh, nothing beats nine eleven. But uh, it's just something about this this AMG GT, the series, the R, the C, uh, the regular uh, GT. Just it is such a gorgeous, gorgeous yep. car. Interior, for me, exterior, for me, performance wise, everything. I think yeah. for me on that day, I was still hesitant towards lead like choosing a gtr over mm-hmm. like a 911 um but after thinking about it i think gtr would be the way to go yeah uh, for, for the money yes yeah value the, that one there was priced at two hundred eight thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. um you're gonna get what at, for two hundred eight thousand dollars from porsche and turbo s turbo yeah i think so yeah still not their full beans no or, yeah well there's still like the gt2 rs which yeah but that's like three hundred fifty thousand US. Yeah, it's crazy. It was crazy way, 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 way. Um, and I have to say, from a lot of angles, the GTC I think is the better looking car. Sorry, mm-hmm. GTR is the better looking car mm-hmm. from a lot of angles. It's uh, kind of short the cabin. I kind of like the that cockpit. though. It's like stumpy. Yeah, well, aggressive. I'm power. almost six feet, so. Yeah. Eh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. And Mercedes also they revealed the new G Class. Yep. Um, which we didn't really get a good look at. We were on the other end of it. Uh, we they talked about the G class though. Yeah, there's the new G class. The, the CLS was there, yeah. um, and the Project AMG One. Project One. Yes, which that, was very cool. Yeah, it was really really nice to see. They're really super passionate about it uh, over yep. at Mercedes, and as they should be. Yeah, of course, their new uh, their new hypercar prototype. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it'll be really cool to see what it ends up doing performance wise. Like these pieces, yes, they're they're striking to look at, but it, it really all depends on what it's going to be able to put down. Yeah, which um, they claim they claim big numbers. Yeah, um, so I'm sure it will mm-hmm. will be fine. Lewis Hamilton's behind it, so you know, uh, Lewis Hamilton's one, behind number it. one in the world. Uh, he's the yeah, because Nico's not there anymore. Yeah, we, we, won't, we won't get on that because he's driving uh, the best car that uh, you know in the race. But anyway, uh, <laughs> best technology behind it. I mean, between Audi, BMW, Mercedes, I think both of us can agree. Who's well, we we've shit on them in a little bit in the in the um, in the past recently, uh, but I think Mercedes is doing it best out of all three of yeah. those German at the moment. Yes, yeah. yeah, they they've really they've attacked style, they've attacked performance. Yep. Um, I think that you know ergonomics. They have they have everything right now. Yeah, I w- I would feel more inclined to buy a entry level C class than I would. An entry level three, or four, uh, or uh, a five or a four series. Yeah. Just because I, I just, I don't know. There's just something about those cars. Well, even moving directly into Audi, when, when we were in those cars, mm-hmm. and we expressed this in uh, on our Instagram in our story, yeah. There's a couple of disappointing features from them. Mm-hmm. Um, even me being an Audi owner right now, last gen. Um, I don't know the R the the RS five for example me naturally being a B eight point five S five owner new RS five is out mm-hmm. you would think oh well I would want that immediately and it would be something oh it's so great mm-hmm. does nothing for me yeah. other than the interior the interior is nice yeah it's upgraded but uh, yeah, the, the exterior, exterior styling that facelift <laughs> I don't know it doesn't yeah. suit all their models like you were even saying earlier today if there's models that it suits. You, uh, the the seven like yeah. the the a seven s seven r seven then the the smaller models it just again it looks i think that's why i think the a5 um sport bag looks good because mm-hmm. that front end suits a long swooping line yes yeah um 
and just on their shorter stubbier cars it just doesn't work mm-hmm. i don't know it's a little bit wonky um and even some of the, the buttons and the paddles on the Audis, very disappointing. Yeah. Um, we were sitting, or at least you were sitting in the RS3. Mm-hmm. Is it an RS3? An RS3, yeah. And and you were playing around with the paddles, and you said, what the heck? What's wrong with these? So we checked the RS5, and it was the same thing. And then you went and sat in the R8. Thinking it would be like a nice kerplunk every time you yeah. sh- you'd put, and no. it's like It was a, the it, exact same it, thing. Literally the exact same thing. It felt like an appliance. Yeah. How can you make your your top level sports? This is an Audi R8. This is not a car people are buying to not drive. We'll say what you want. People may buy it from for you know uh, the the look of an R8. But this is a this is supposed to be a, your driver's sports car, and you're telling me the paddle feels like an appliance. We yeah. were talking about this before. There's certain elements in a car that need to have great feedback, great positive feedback. Yep. Buttons. Let just let's put buttons in a car. They need to have great positive feedback because they control important things. Right. Your gear selector, for example, shouldn't be flimsy. Not to say that Audi's is, but that's something that should have really strong positive feedback. Yeah. I would think your paddle shifters should do the same thing. Yeah. You should know that you've put it into a gear because that's important to driving. Yep. Right? In a in a manual gearbox, you know when it's in gear because there's a plethora of positive feedback from the throw to getting it through neutral into the next gear, mm-hmm. letting out the clutch and and there's there's so many things you can feel in a manual transmission. You get an Audi's R8, if you want to shift the gears yourself, it feels like you're you're changing the time on a microwave. Yeah, it's it's very it's very um plasticky. What's tinny. the word? Like uh not f- dull. Yeah, dull is a good word. So, I mean, there's my rant on that, but like, come on, Audi, you, you, someone's gonna spend close to two hundred thousand dollars on this R8, right? That's that's what Canadian uh, R8s D10 are going plus, for. Maybe more. And you're gonna give them a paddle like that? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the, the, literally the exact same paddle in an A3. Yeah, we yeah. ended up sitting in that Maserati Levante. Those are nice paddles. Hey, we'll get to Maserati. Oh yeah, we, we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, very disappointing, and it's really given us an opportunity. This is probably gonna be a running thing. We're going to really start to analyze these paddles. Yeah. We we demand, if you're going to build a sports car and not offer it a manual transmission, you better put some nice paddles in there. Yeah. I want some feedback. If you're not giving us a manual, shifting gears. we want some good paddles. Exactly. We demand it as uh, enthusiasts. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, after that, you come. Yeah, sorry. All riled up. It's my stomach. Just wait. You can, <laughs> you can drive my S5 when it comes out for the I, summer. Oh, those better be good paddles, man. <laughs> They're you right identical. Now. Oh, God. Did you hop in? You try them? My S5? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're exactly the same. Okay, but so you actually drive one of these cars. Does that does that now, was it something you ever noticed that the paddles were, were delicate? No. Main reason being I had nothing else to compare it to at the time. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've driven an M3, a V8 M3, which is the E92 M3. Mm-hmm. Um. And obviously, it's a way different sensation driving that. But I always just said, okay, well, yeah, it's an M3. Yeah. Um, I have never we, – we pretty well went, like, after we sat in Audi and realized how crappy these paddles were. We, mm-hmm. After that, every single car we went into, we said, okay, let's check these paddles. Yeah, exactly. And, um, no, I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're exactly the same, hmm. which is kind of disappointing. Um, I'm going to change the steering wheel. I'm going to go to the – Alfa Romeo Levante uh, Maserati. Uh, what's it called? Um, garbage dump. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, they're scrapping. They're, they're, they're scrapping. Trying to <laughs> find a steering wheel. Retrofit those massive banana paddles on your steering wheel. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but no, it's just a little bit of disappointment from Audi. Um, yeah. They're, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're not doing anything special right now because it makes my car feel that much better. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Being That's an older, true. being an older Audi. That is true. Um, but no, mo- moving on from there, we we went on to BMW, which we didn't really sit in much from BMW mm-hmm. other than the M2, um, mm-hmm. which we both have a fascination for the M2. Yeah, yeah um, love it. Absolutely. It's a great little car. Nothing's changed from it. it. It's the same as it was last year. Yeah. Um. I don't even know what they released from BMW. Because we no, didn't. We didn't watch yeah. it. Yeah. We nothing. Nothing that really. Uh. Nothing too exciting. Watch. We're gonna. I af- think after this podcast, M3, we're gonna go and look on the internet, and it was gonna be like the most extravagant release. Yeah. I think the M3 CS was probably released there. There was a car under the under the covers, and we don't know what it was, but yeah, yeah it could it could have been that. And then for those of you who don't know, the M3 CS falls above the the regular M3, but below the GTS, uh, as sort of like a M4. sorry M4, um, as sort of like a a sportier M3. Right, M3 is supposed to be sporty enough, but a sportier M3 that's not totally track orientated like yes. the GTS is. It's a halfway, which there, is cool. Right? It's a very that's a very cool car. It's a very cool way to go about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so other than BMW, and then moving up, what, sorry, where did we go after BMW? What, what was we we skipped over Cadillac. Okay. Um, and we went straight to Jaguar Land Rover. Yes. Um, which again, we, we took a seat in the new Velar. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we've watched Doug Demuro in the past. We talked about this last week. Yeah. He, he loved the Velar. Yeah. He's a, I believe a Range Rover sport owner. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he has, he owns a, he has a defender, a Land Rover defender. An old, oh, really? An old style oh, defender. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They have that that, that new touchscreen in the middle. I don't know how I feel mm-hmm. about it. I'd like to drive around with it and and use it, mm-hmm. um, but it really does nothing for me. They they had the new full size Range Rover there. Um, the interior was a little bit different, a little bit upgraded from last year. Again, they added in that new touchscreen. I think the Range Rover Sport as well had the new touchscreen interior. Mm-hmm. It did, right? It did. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Not, nothing too impressive. Uh, we sat in an SVR, which had nice paddles. Yes, the nice SVR did have nice paddles. Uh, and and my fascination with the SVR is, is sort of done. I when they first came out, I thought it was really cool. Yep. Uh, but I I will agree with Johnny Lieberman on this. Johnny Lieberman at Motor Trend did a comparison test of the GT AMG GT versus the Jaguar F Type. Okay. And this was the F Type SVR. Uh, I don't know if it was the SVR, but it was the second generation oh, wait, wait, of the sorry. F-Type. Sorry, I thought you said AMG GTR. No, no, no. Just a regular AMG GT. AMG GT. So probably just the, the yes. F-Type R. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was the second gen F-Type. Okay. So I think when the F-Type first came out, the lines were gorgeous. And if you guys uh, want to know what I'm talking about, take a look at like a 2013 or 14. Sure. Or 15, maybe even. Uh, t- um, Jaguar. F-Type. F-Type. And you'll see the lines are, are really elegant and nice. Mm-hmm. On the later models, to give something new, they added skirts and things to make it look more aggressive. Yeah. And on the SVR, it's to the ultimate. Right. At the end of the day, yes, this is a performance car, but it's a roadster. And roadsters should, I think, be very pretty and, mm-hmm. and nice to look at. Simple in design and sleek. And when you put an AMG GTC, for example, beside an F-Type convertible, you, there's a clear yeah. winner on, on looks. So ever since then, I've sort of faded away. I think the F-Type's cool. It sounds nice. but I think we both in the past have, have um, ver- uh, liked the F-Type quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, as both, I think, both of our fathers did as well. Yes, yeah. Kinda, both of them expressed interest yeah. in the car. But I, I'm kind of happy that my, my dad never ended up pulling yeah. the trigger on that. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's a nice car, but it's uh, the AMG GT, I think. For for the money, you can get an AMG 
GT, like not even a C, just Pretty a regular well, one. You can get an AMG GTS. Yes. Um, around I believe the same price as like an F Type S VR. Okay. Like the GTR is to another level, mm-hmm. um, and I think the F Type R would be less money than a GTS. Oh, okay. I, b- I believe so. For sure, the so GTC. You can even get a regular AMG GT non-S, and it's yeah. a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Um, You're not going to get the full AMG yeah. power and yeah. whatnot. Um, but that's it from Jaguar Land Rover, and then that's when we went over to Maserati. Yes. And we um, we didn't sit in in, in the, in the uh, Quattroporte or yeah. the Ghibli. Mm-hmm. Um, the only car from them that we did sit in, and... I insisted we sat in it. You didn't even want to. No, because Levante, uh, I'm not interested in a Levante. And again, we live in, we live close to Woodbridge, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I said this when we were there. I think Woodbridge ruined Maserati for us. Yes. And that's why we always shit on it so much. Because that's, that's the car that oh, everyone aspires to have. And all the... Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have Maseratis in the area. Yes. And they've, they're not very tasteful people. Uh, well, uh, they're not tasteful cars the way that the people uh, customize them or the the models they purchased. Sure, but, but you know, sit. sit my sorry, I was going to say my problem with Maserati is less about that. It's that what they're what they're doing recently is because uh, Doug Demiro actually did a, a thing on this when he reviewed the the Levante. He said they are making they have they have like almost I think doubled or tripled their quarterly earnings since they've released the Ghibli and the Levante. Because okay. they're their entry level models that a lot of people who aspire to own Maseratis one day can afford. They're also more practical. Do you? But I, I forget who said it or if I was reading it. Um, but the reason why they're able to show that their sales are that high mm-hmm. is because as soon as the dealership takes them from them, they mark them and sold. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's a it's a false number. Well, but beyond that, the fact that dealerships are buying them because they're expecting people to, to buy them. Right. But the thing is, is I also read that there's a huge um, quantity of Maserati just laying on on the on good the, on the lots. Good. Because where I was going with this was, I hate that. Right. I don't think that that represents Maserati at all. Right. But I don't I, think that Maserati should have a this. You think s- it should be a more of like a bespoke brand? Yeah. But MC Stradale again, you, all the way. That was I can guarantee gorgeous. you. Porsche had people that would have the same feeling. Porsche, Porsche does it better though. Porsche engineers a better car. How long Maserati's how long, are friggin' weird. How long has it taken <laughs> them to do that better? A long, 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 no, long no, they time. Start, they started a while ago. And uh, how, how old is the Cayenne now? Over 20 years old. No. Has to be. 20 years, my dude. You got to remember, it's, early it's almost 2020. It came out in the early 2000s. It's 2018, Anthony. Yeah, but it like it came out in like 2003 or four. It's so al- it's, that's almost 15, 20, it's 15 almost years old. No, I'm going to look this up right now. Okay. People, but we are waiting we, for this. Fact checker. Da, da, da. Yes, Anthony, you drink while I search. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you don't go to the washroom. 2002. There you go. So, 18 years old. Yeah. Is that the right math? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were so, going. Anthony interrupted us again. <laughs> oh, don't even People. give me Don't even give me that. Uh, uh, anyway. What were we talking about? We were talking about Porsche. Porsche doing uh, it better than Maserati. Porsche is no, a better practi- just, a practicality brand than Maserati. T- is. It took them a long time, and they'll get there. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I still think that Maserati stands for something different. Anyways, we 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 got to sit in the Levante. Yes. And prior to doing this, we were we would always kind of shit on them as a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we were both thoroughly impressed with the quality of the interior. Yes. Um, yes. the quality of the 
paddles were fantastic. They they struck. Uh, they they really did a good job engineering those paddles. They felt really really proper, really performance orientated, yeah. and of course not a performance car. Why they have that in a Levante and why they don't have proper paddles in an R8, I don't understand. But that's the world we live in. Because Donald it's Trump coming is, from Ferrari. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I think the Levante, I did it did go up a notch in my book. Yeah, I think that so. puts it. In I would I would one. I would like to sit in like a Gran Turismo. Yes. Um, after seeing that, which I've never done. Yeah, um, fine. But they, had, they, they had they had a Gran Turismo twin, twin Turbo V6 Gran Turismo. They had a Gran, Gran Turismo there with uh, the yeah, the Gran Turismo MC, mm-hmm. which we all know the MC Stradale was an iconic car for the Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm through. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I just lost my mind because I I confused Gran Turismo with Quattroporte. Oh, okay. So I don't like what they've done with the Quattroporte, offering it in the twin turbo. V6. Okay, I was doesn't gonna, make was, any yeah. sense. I'm sorry. Um, the four door. Yes. Quattro Porte, four door. Yes, exactly. But no, no. The Gran Turismo still has a large part of my heart just because nothing sounds like a But again, I, I think I think Woodbridge, Woodbridge, Ontario, mm-hmm. Canada, has ruined the Gran Turismo, which I, th- I honestly How think How many Gran Turismo do you really see? Not too many. I see a lot. Honestly, man, in the summer, you see a lot of okay. them. I still think it's a gorgeous car. I agree. I, but I think, I think they've me. been ruined. It's not ruined for me. Yeah, what are you going <coughs> to do? But I, um, do agree. I do think that, that the Ghibli... At least, maybe not the Levante, but the Ghibli definitely is ruining that brand. Mm-hmm. The Ghibli is we bad said that car. From day one, yeah. Um, but the Levante, I guess, uh, did have some did have some redeeming I mean, qualities. From going on from Maserati, mm-hmm. an Italian icon. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll move on to some more luxurious Italian cars. Um, a little stroll down from the south building to the north building. Yeah, uh, we got to go into the Auto Exotica. Yes, so which is a staple at the Canadian uh, Auto Show. Yep. They've had Auto Exotica for the last couple of years, yep. and people love it. Right, it gives yeah. you a chance to get up close and personal with proper like exotics, right. exotics that you only see in video games. And and, on, and this like, year they had online. so much more. They yeah, had quite a bit there. Oh yeah, um, they had LMC Motors. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Callaway. Yeah, uh, which we didn't look at too much. They had the Callaway Corvette there. And L- the just so, for those who don't know, LMC Motors is uh, they they specialize in like old vintage. They had a yeah, legendary a, motor a Shelby cars. Cobra there, or what did what are they called? The AC, not an AC Cobra. That wasn't an. I don't know. I, I it was. I it, know. it looked like an AC Cobra, but it wasn't. It was a Shelby, Shelbyized Cobra. Sure. I don't know. Anyway. They had an old Jaguar there. Yeah, an E-type convertible, um, and uh, what else was there? Some, some more old stuff. Yeah, there's old. Yeah, very um, cool. Though. They had a little corner of Lotuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is interesting, not too popular in the Toronto area. But they have they've had the lotuses there every year. Yeah. I think they bring lotuses. Yep. Um, what else did we see that was before um, we get to the really cool stuff? The one I obviously want to talk about a little bit. The Auto Strata Forum had their own little booth there with a mm-hmm. couple of cool cars. Mm-hmm. What do they have? Uh, they had a P1. Yes. The golf colored P1. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, what else did they have there? Uh, they had a Ferrari Dino. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was they, it Dino? They had. I'm trying to remember this. I know it's kind of difficult because the really, I'll, t- I'll be honest. The only ones that really stood out in my mind, they had, and I'll start from lowest to highest. They had the BAC Mono. Okay. Which if you guys don't know, it's a track orientated, like a track day car, but it's very striking to look at. Sure. It's got the inboard suspension. It's very yep. like racy looking. BAC Mono, that's out of Britain. Um, They had the Bugatti Chiron there, which I always like to sure. see. 
as much as you know uh, the Bugatti is so overplayed is like oh it's this car blah 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 still a Chiron still a Chiron and gorgeous colors I think on the one they had Mm -hmm. and my favorite car by far that was there the McLaren 720s absolutely not no of course the Bugatti the Bugatti uh, uh, convert was it was it a BC Roadster it was a Huayra Roadster sorry sorry Huayra 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 Roadster absolutely even the color there yeah excellent Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and obviously from Solomon Drin, but well, whatever. And uh, and obviously they had the Koenigsegg Azure RS there as well. They had that on display, of course. Yeah, and both the Pagani and the Koenigsegg sort of have this exposed carbon. Yeah. Uh, so on all their in the, the Toronto exterior. area, we have two companies. We have essentially FAF, mm-hmm. um, which houses they have BAC Mono, they have Pagani, mm-hmm. they have McLaren. Um, those would probably be the three of their more exotic brands. Mm-hmm. And then we have Grand Touring. Um, Grand Touring has Lamborghini. Um, Bugatti, yeah, um, Bentley, Rolls Royce. Uh, I guess I would cover all literally the all the Grand Touring type yeah. of brands. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, so and those 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 are the two main booths in mm-hmm. Auto Exotica. So we got to see a little bit of both. Uh, Performante was there. Yeah. Um, what else was there? They uh, had a Ventador. They had a, a Rolls Royce. Uh, it was a full think, out Phantom. I think it was it was it was the, it was the new Phantom. Yeah. Um, it was just cool big to see all Big car, those. by the way. I haven't seen a, a Phantom in a long time. Yeah, they're massive. Big, big car. They're big boats. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's it about that's about it from there. Yeah. Um, again, um, Koenigsegg RS and Pagani Wire Roadster. Those were like those the main. are the two that you don't see. Yeah. The, not even often you don't you don't see yeah. at all. You have to know um, someone who owns. We're a we're fortunate enough to have a any dealer in the area yeah um but again we don't even see them on the road you, yeah. unless you go there and even when you do go there they don't really have them yeah exactly they're they're very rare yeah but uh i guess that was probably that it. was the end of the show for us yeah. yes they did have the 70 years of porsche mm-hmm. um exhibit but for some reason it was closed when we walked by it i peeked through the door yeah, they, they, they were like they, they were, were still, still setting it up yeah um, maybe, maybe if we would have hung around a little bit longer in media day they would have had mm-hmm. it open yeah but they didn't um, we wanted to, to have our, our I mean, midday cocktails so yeah, we we decided to to leave a little bit early. And who likes Porsches, anyways? Yeah, <laughs> no one. I, I really wanted to go see that. Me I too. might go back, <laughs> just by yourself with a camera. I'm not just joking. Keep those pictures for later. I might actually go. Oh, that's fine. You do you do you later in the week, like at the end of the day. Yeah, when hopefully it's not as busy. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but that about wraps up our media day experience. Yeah. Um, uh, overall thoughts before we close out this on year? the cars or the experience. Uh, I guess cars and the experience cars, honestly, nothing too exciting for me. Um, yeah. I was excited to see the GT2, GT2 RS, obviously the GR RS. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Um, like a highlight for me would probably be. Can't even think of anything, honestly. Really? Wow. Maybe the experience of seeing the Azure RS being mm-hmm. revealed. We've never really done anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that um, that was cool for sure. Probably that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I would say because I people like for the last two days have been asking me, three days now, have been asking me, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Yeah. Uh, like, should I go to the auto show? Uh, yeah. This year, I think there's a lot of cool stuff. The fact that you've never seen a Koenigsegg in person, now you can. Sure. Never seen a Pagani in person before, now you can. They had the Pagani last year. They had the Huayra, but not the Roadster. Yeah. So I think this one is a little bit more crazy sure yeah you can um, see inside it and whatnot yeah although we did get to walk behind it which you would not be able to do yeah that, that's show. true yeah 
Um, but on top of that, I think there's just a lot of exciting stuff out. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If I was asked the same thing, um, mm-hmm. should you go? Yeah. Why not? There's, yeah. there's a lot of cool things. This, even, this is a big year for a lot of companies. A yeah. lot of stuff was released. A even lot getting of, to see the Type R, the, the yeah. Subaru, um RA, the new GTI. Yeah. Um, I don't all, see why not. All levels. There are new trucks released. Like yeah. it was just a lot of cool there, stuff. There's a lot from everything, from every yeah. aspect. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, definitely this year's 20, uh, CI, CIAS. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 2018, I think was a success. Sure. Good, good show for sure. We're going to go to New York. I'm down. Hey, let's go. Let's do it. Um, no, but I think that's all from yeah. us today. No watch talk. We talked a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but like we said, it was an auto show week. So yeah, here you get so it. So focus get, on the, get auto, the show. auto show. Yeah. Um, if our facts were wrong, too bad. Go well, read Car and Driver or something. Exactly. We'll we'll finish this one off like we always do. We're not journalists. Yeah. So we're enthusiasts. <laughs> we're very poorly informed enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, not educated on our t- on our topics. Uh, uh, but that's all but we have for you today. Um, yeah. As always, you could find us on Instagram at Timelines Podcast. Uh, YouTube. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, we'll get these hopefully videos. We'll get up. the YouTube running. Um. Yeah. Again, Time Lapse Podcast. Uh. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Everything. See you next time. Mm-hmm.